Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today. I'm so grateful for you. You know, we're going to talk today about how to enjoy your business. And I got to tell you, this show is like my guilty pleasure. I have to remind myself that it's part of what I do in business, that it does have a business purpose because I just love being here together with you on the radio or a website or the podcast, whatever you may be personally listening to Thriving Entrepreneur on. I enjoy being here with you, and I really appreciate you so much. Today, as I said, we're going to talk about how to enjoy our business. Um, (laughs) There's an old saying that, you know, being an entrepreneur is the only job you can get where you stop working 40 hours a week in order to be able to work 50 or 90, depending on, you know, your life, basically. Uh, Many of us not just the fact that our businesses drive and propel us to that, but we also really love what we're doing. And so it'll be midnight and we'll stay up and work on a project. I had that happen to me just the other night. Um, I came into my computer real quick. I remember something. I had actually, in this particular case, I had actually laid down in bed um, and was ready to go to sleep. Um, and I remembered, oh, I was going to do that one more thing. So I jumped up, um, and I expected it to be five minutes at the most of work. Um, and something went wrong as sometimes does, you know, life. Um, and I fixed it. And uh, next thing you know, it was probably two o'clock in the morning by the time I went to bed, um, after fixing all of that and all the other things that I did. Um, but I do that because I really love my business. I love what I do. It's such an honor to help people share their powerful, impactful, mission-driven business out to the world. What they do, their message, to share themselves with the world. It's such an honor. And that really, um, if I was going to give a tip on this, which I always do, would be my real key tip is, is you've got to do, as I said in book one of my series, you've got to follow your passion. If you don't have passion for what you're doing, it will be a chore and you will eventually, when it gets hard, you will drop off. It's just, I've seen it happen to myself and so many others, just chasing a trend. Um, You know, I really love the ability to help people write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. There are a lot of people who have learned my system, maybe even help some people, possibly even made some money, but what they find down the road is because it's not birthed out of their passion, when the going gets tough, they get going. Um, And that's true with any of us. That is true in life, that when we're not passionate about what we're doing, it's hard to sustain that and eventually it will drop off. So today we want to talk about how to enjoy our business because ultimately, If we're not enjoying what we're doing, it's going to be really hard to live as a thriving entrepreneur. And I want that for you. I want you so much to thrive in your life and in your business and all that you do to really be grateful that you're doing it and really succeed phenomenally, wildly beyond your greatest expectations as we all come together as thriving entrepreneurs. We're going to take our first commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks so much for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we jump into some great guests who are going to help us find some insights in how to enjoy our business. So first up, we want to really talk about our mind. We want to get our mindset right because you know it always starts right there with mindset. So without further ado, let's jump into our first guest. Join me in welcoming Gul Khan. Hey Gul, how are you today? I'm doing really well, really well, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. End of another great day for you over there while we're starting our day here. Tell us a little bit about who you are and how you show up in the world. Uh, thank you so much, Steve. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Gul Khan and I am a money mindset expert. And as a money mindset expert, I help entrepreneurs to break free from the LinkedIn beliefs, reverse their money shame and blast through their money blocks using my unique energy tools so that they can live a life of unlimited abundance. All right, so you have several words in there that I'd like to get your definitions on. Um, let's start with the fun one. What does unlimited abundance mean and look like to you? For me, unlimited abundance is abundance in all areas of your life. Abundance in your health, abundance in your wealth, abundance in your relationships, abundance in your, um, you know, in your happiness and joy. I want it, money on its own is it's 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 something that I think most people have the idea that if you run after money then you lose everything else and I don't want that I want you to have financial abundance absolutely you know for you in order for you to have a good life you need to have financial abundance but I think it's very important that you have financial abundance that comes with happiness that comes with joy that comes with you actually building your relationships with your friends with your colleagues with your family etc etc so abundance in all areas of your life So let's talk about first the spiritual aspect of money. Because um, I think a lot of times, you know, money is just so physical and tangible that we miss that part of it. Yeah. So can you explain to us kind of basically what is the spiritual aspect of money? Absolutely. So there are, I, as I talk about, there are two laws that govern money. There's man-made laws of money and there are spiritual laws of money. So man-made laws of money are the, are the laws that you and I, are, are, are actually everyone's familiar with, you know, the taxes and how you save and how you make money, et cetera, et cetera. The normal conventional human-made laws. Those are which most people are familiar with. However, there are also spiritual laws of money. They, 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 and without the other one, without spiritual laws of money, most people end up chasing the tail. They end up attracting money or making money, but end up losing it or not making it at all. Now, the spiritual laws of money means that when you align yourself with universal laws, such as um, the law, you know, the um, the law of uh, the law of giving. Okay, um, or the law of the word, the law of um, the the law of vacuum. There are certain laws which are universal, and not only are they applicable to to generally in other areas of your life, they're really really important when it comes to making and creating and having money. For example, the law of vacuum. In order for you to, uh, you know, for example, in order for you to have something different, right, if you are looking for 
uh, for example, if you want to have a, a new a business, if you're holding on to old ideas and beliefs and, and thoughts of, of how you create to make and have money, you will be stuck in that paradigm. So the law of vacuum says you have to clear it out. You have to cleanse those beliefs first before you can install new beliefs, new ideas and new ways of creating, making, having money. Does that make sense? So this is so important in terms of applying the universal laws specifically around money in order to have money. And those are those which are called specifically because I focus on, um, primarily on money, I call them the spiritual laws of money. Does it make sense? It does, absolutely. And it leads me perfectly to the next question I have for you. And that's fine. How do we then cleanse all of that extra icky stuff that we're holding on to? And that's a great question. The, the first point is actually to recognize what kind of beliefs, ideas, or thought processes, or even your paradigms do you have around money? Now, most people are unaware of the deep down thoughts about money. The first step is always going to be to recognize where you are right now. I always say this, if you go in the cab and say, well, I'm going to go to Manchester, you the, the cab has to know, you know, if you're ordering Uber, the Uber needs to come with, to, it needs to know where your address is at the moment. So if you're going from London to Manchester, Uber needs to come to your London list before you can take you to Manchester, right? Does it make sense? So you need to know where you are right now. In order for you to do that, there's a, there's a very simple exercise that I give, which is a five minute exercise where you put a timer on for five minutes and you grab a pen and paper and then free flow right think of money and just start writing not thinking just writing and what you find is you know i know a lot of people who might be listening to this call if somebody's making to podcasts especially if something about about money and so forth they probably have already read books like think i'm gonna rich or you were born rich by bob proctor or you know the books by tony robbins or or zig ziglar and jim Rohn and so forth so i don't want them to have the superficial idea that these people have given to you that where you should be thinking about money i want you to get the deep dawn you know the, the rooted ideas that you've been given to you, you given to you by your primary caregivers between the ages of zero to seven i want those ideas to come to your forefront and for you to realize what you really deep down in your, in your heart really think and feel about money and this will come on a piece of paper when you start doing this exercise so the first couple of minutes when you start writing you'll have to say oh money means freedom money means i can travel money means this and money means that but when you stop thinking and you start just carry on writing what you find is your subconscious feelings and thoughts and ideas about money will come onto the paper. So just money is hard to come by. You have to work hard for money. Money is a root of all evil. Money means I can't do this. Money means I'm an outsider. Money, one of the major ones is, you know, if I make too much money, then people around me will reject me. That's logically, that doesn't make sense. But subconsciously, that makes sense because you'll be, ex you know, you'll be excluded from your tribe. Remember, we're tribal people. We're used to living in tribes. So that those sort of beliefs are, are, are the first step for you to recognize what it is that you have to cleanse. Now, once you have them, you have to cleanse. That's your cleansing. Uh, those, those are the beliefs and the ideas you have to cleanse. I mean, psychologically, they say you have to replace it. You, you know, you, you reprogram your mind. Energetically, I believe that this what each of these beliefs, uh, you know, what the way it does is puts in these pockets of energy, these energy blocks, as I call them, into your energy body. Okay, and because of that, you're stuck in your your current circumstances, regardless of how many books you read and what seminars you attend. You end up being in the same place at the same time. You know, a couple of years down the line. The reason is because these energy blocks are blocking you. Once you truly remove, cleanse, you know, re, you know, reprogram your mind and remove these energy blocks. That is when you're actually truly able to flourish and thrive when it comes to money. And actually, that, that's true. That holds true for any area of your life. But specifically around money, this is very, very true. And money is something that becomes so easy for you to create, make, and have. That it almost it, it reminds me of a, of a line that I read in um, in Napoleon Hill's Thinking of Rich. He said that when money starts coming to you, you'll be surprised. Like where did it, where was this money hiding in in the days of scarcity? You know where where was it hiding? But this is the reason why, because when money starts coming to you, when you start removing these energy blocks, money becomes, it becomes so easy for you to create, make, and have money. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. So you, you say here in your bio that you've helped women, lots of them, to heal their money stories and manifest between 2000 and this money, this number was mind blowing, $830,000. Yeah. in as little as eight weeks. Um, yeah. I got to hear some of those stories. Can you tell me a few of them? 
Sure. So it's not just a woman, it's men and women. I work with both men and women. So my clients entail men and women. So I, I will, I'll, I'll give you one example. So that, this is not my largest one, but this is one which is the most mind blowing for most people. I had my client, uh, Steph, she cleared $150,000 worth of debt within six months of, of working with me. So this is not the, the major, the, the biggest one, but it is a phenomenal one. The, the largest one that you just read, you know, of $830,000 within eight weeks was a client of mine, Sue. So she came to work with me and she wanted to sell her, her home. Now, I don't know anything about real estate in terms of selling and stuff. Yeah, I don't give any advice on, on business or whatever at all. All I work with are people's energies and energy blocks. So she said she wanted to sell this home. I said, fair enough. And after eight weeks, um, just put things in context. She had put her home on, on sale two years prior and didn't sell and nothing was done about it. She had the intention that she's going to go through this program with me and then she was actually going to go and refurbish the home and then put it on the market. After eight weeks, actually within the eight weeks, before the eight weeks were over, somebody who'd seen the home two years prior had contacted the state agent, the exact state agents, for, and asked for the exact home. And long story short, that home was sold. Now, initially, her, her idea was to make about, I think it was three to 400,000 profit. What, after after doing going through the program with me, she ended up uh, closing a profit of eight hundred thirty thousand uh, dollars, which is that seven hundred thousand pounds. So that's one of my major stories. That's not the only one. I'm only one um, when it comes to you know something like around the house uh, when it's selling the homes. Another one of my clients, and this is another very phenomenal story. That's. Um, Galiani, she's in Canada, by the Susan UK. Galiani's from Canada. Galiani also put her condo on the market. And there at that time, the, the condo market, I think it still is, it has not been very, very good. And the estate just told her that the asking price was a bit high and how there was already somebody um, on the same floor as her in the same condo, in the same floor as her, who'd been on the market for four months on a lower price and hadn't sold. And she, through using my energy tools, which is cleansing the home and blessing the home and et cetera, you know, the, the various things that I teach, they were able to not only sell that property within four days, and it was just shy, I think a little shy of their asking price, it was literally almost the asking price, they were able to sell it within four days and they made $130,000 profit. So there's a story, there's story after story after story. Another one of my clients I can, I can talk about very quickly is um, a, a, a Angel, who's literally joined the mastermind for me recently and when we did the launch in, in July. And she set the intention that she paid me up front for the, for the entire mastermind. And she set the intention that she wanted the money to manifest within, you know, within a short period of time. Lo and behold, within a month of working with me, um, she was able to, uh, to basically uh, you know, manifest the entire money, the, the entire investment, plus you know, multiplied by, by uh, I think, uh, by multiplied by four. Um, and she was able to do it within a month. Another story, I'll give you one more story, I think. <laughs> I think that's the end of the stories. And that's the story for Skeeter. The Skeeter, and I've given you all the examples for people from all over the world, literally not just one country, just to make sure that, you, that people realize this works in, doesn't matter which country you're in. So Skeeter is in the Philippines where the average wage for most uh, Filipinos is $200 a month. Now, uh, Skeeter came to me and she had, her husband had multiple businesses. So she did not have any. She had been helping her husband all this time. And she received an allowance from her husband for $2,000 a month. She said, she asked, uh, said the intention that she wanted to be, have her own business and she wanted to be able to make $2,000 on her own business. And lo and behold, within two months, her business that she set up separately on her own, she was making, I think, five figures within two months. Now, the most amazing thing that happened for her was she saw an opportunity in the food industry before the pandemic hit. And so when she started up the business just before the pandemic hit, when the pandemic you know, hit the, the globe, globally, I think it was around, you know, I think it was at, the, at its peak around the beginning of April, right at this peak, Skeeter was making, she surpassed my income. She was making $2,000 a day. So, you know, it, it, this is something to understand that, you know, it, it, was she in the right place at the right time? Yes, she was. But did she attract those opportunities because she lined herself with the spiritual laws of money? Absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> those, those were useful stories to you. Absolutely, they were. So we all have blocks. Yes. Um, what would you say is the number one money block that you find people have that are keeping them from being able to cleanse themselves and move forward? Well, 
I think the, the number one block for you would be what is the number one block for your parents. So if you understand, your subconscious programming is given to you by your primary caregivers, which for most of us is, tends to be our parents. But it could be your, you know, your, your foster parents or your grandparents or even your, your, your nanny if you had a caregiver. So the, the, kind, the, the, the beliefs and, and the ideas and paradigms they have around money is, is something that you will have. That there's two major ones. If your parents are very religious and they tend to, you know, follow the Bible or the Quran or the or the Torah or the or the or the Bhagavad Gita, whatever, it doesn't matter what religious background you're. By the way, most people who believe themselves to be religious actually hold money um, with the loaf. They don't actually. They, they believe the money is the root of all evil. So this could be one of your major money blocks. That if you are religious or if you're in order for you to be a good person, you cannot like money. You loathe money. The other, the other one, which a major one, I find is you have to work hard for your money and if you and most people most middle class people have that belief that idea that you have to work hard for your money and if you do you'll find that you have you work really really hard for the money you make and if you start making above your your uh, what I call your financial thermostat then what you'll do you start sacrificing something you sacrifice either your health or your relationships or if 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 all that fails you actually self-sabotage to actually make sure you lose your money and you go right to the bottom of your financial thermostat in order not to go further ahead and so this is this is what I see very very often that happens for people. They get stuck in these these ideas of you know you have to work hard for money. And another one, which is very common, is there's not enough time. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time for this. I don't have enough time for that. There's not enough time for me to do everything I need to do. There's not enough time. I'm too busy making a living. You know, the next step to be living. That's the kind of unfortunately the most people's ideology. They're too busy making a living to be living. That makes a lot of sense. So for somebody who wants and needs to go deeper with you, how can they um, join one of your masterminds or do something deeper with you? Um, that's a great question, Steve. So I think if you liked what you heard, because this is literally the tip of the iceberg, the best thing would be to come along and listen to my podcast, which is Money Mindset with Gold Khan. And we're available on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and everywhere. Um, so that's the first place to, to start. Is actually if you start listening to me, you'll understand the kind of uh, the ideology I bring to money and money mindset. And secondly, if you want to read about it, if you want to read my blog, then you can go to my website, which is www.goldcon.com. But I do actually have... I, we do a challenges every three to four times a year and you can come and register your interest and, and come along to the next, next uh, make five day makeover challenge. And in that challenge, actually on day five, I actually go through a live energy clearing. So you'll understand how I manipulate energy, how I shift your energy for you very, very quickly, very rapidly. And this is, you know, and how effective it can be for you. So the, 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 the URL for that is millionairemindsetmakeover.com. That's millionairemindsetmakeover.com. And that's uh, for the five-day challenge that I run three to four times during the year. Perfect. I appreciate that a lot. Well, Gul, you've given us such great information, um, a lot of things that we need to now work on and to join your groups and different things. Gul, thanks so much for being on the show with us here today. Thank you so much, Steve. It's been a pleasure being here. That was some awesome stuff. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. We're going to take another commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny.
Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about how to enjoy our business. We want to continue on really looking at how can we get the most out of life? How can we squeeze the most out of our business and really find a joy in it? And so here's another great guest to help us along that path. Join me in welcoming Jeff Chastain. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing today? Doing well, thank you. Great. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, it's been a journey for sure. Now, I'd, my current role is I actually work with entrepreneurial business leaders, just honestly trying to help them get more of what they want out of their business, gain clarity, and just trying to help them move forward and scale in a, a more of a predictive kind of manner. But it's just, it's just inviting and enjoyable for me just to really work with those entrepreneurs, kind of see them just come back to enjoying their business. Cause we see so much, especially negativity going on right now in the world with, with troubles in business and things like that. And it's when in working with some of these entrepreneurs, it's just kind of nice to feel them have, have them just have that weight lifted off their shoulders and say, okay, yeah, I enjoy my business again now and enjoy moving forward. And that's, that's really kind of my why and why I enjoy doing what I do these days. Perfect. So um, tell us what is maybe one of the most important things to falling back in love with your business again. Well, most times when you've got that, that entrepreneurial mindset, there you're thinking about what kind of product, what kind of service, what kind of, what, what can I do to obviously help my customer go out and sell to my customer and the visionary types especially have, how many ideas kind of a thing every day kind of a thing. And it's, it's nice once one gets, sticks and you're actually able to get some traction, get that business moving. And that's really where a lot of those entrepreneurs just find their fun is to, Hey, I've got this grand idea. Other people like it. Other people are willing to pay money for it. And we take off and running, calling it a business. But what a lot of them tend to lack is they're again, they're idea people. They're not business people. They're not, they don't have an MBA background, things like that. And it gets to the stage pretty quickly, we, we look at it a lot of times in the, the failure rates of entrepreneurs where it's, if you can get out the gate, if you can get started, then, then you hit that five year mark, usually around there, four to five, where all of a sudden, basically this thing's turning into a business. And if you don't know how to properly structure it, properly put it together, then all of a sudden you're sitting there wearing three dozen hats, getting frustrated every day with, with people issues, with delivery issues, customer complaints, et cetera, kind of stuff. And all of a sudden you're stuck in a business and you're not out having fun developing the product, the service, the solution that you dreamed about originally. And so that's really where I like to come in and try to help and say, okay, yeah, let's go back now, regroup a little bit, build that foundation to, it's, it's almost kind of counterintuitive that we look at it and say, if we can get some more process, if we can get some more structure into your business, it actually frees you back up, allows you to regain that joy, regain that fun, whether it's whatever you're wanting out of your business, whether it's simply more productivity, more profitability, uh, the ability to scale, reach new markets, or honestly, if you just want to say, hey, I want Fridays back so I can go hit the golf course kind of a thing. It's, it's, but it's the ability to build that kind of structure, that kind of infrastructure and those kind of processes back into the business that really give you that flexibility and that freedom and honestly give you back the fun in your business. So the entrepreneur that's had their business for four or five years, um, you know, and they've hit that burnt out stage, but they really have never gotten to that point where their income is predictable. Um, and I know a lot of them then end up struggling with how do I bring more people on to help, you know, make things more process driven and to do the things I don't want to do when I'm not really making the kind of money that I need to make in order to bring the people on. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's definitely a challenge at that stage. And a lot of times what I'll look at is many times you've got lost revenue or basically just excessive costs built in, if nothing else, because you're trying to do everything and one, you're not necessarily doing it well, because if you could look at a, if you could draw it out and say, okay, here's all of the hats, here's everything that I do on any given daily basis. And if you say, hey, my 
personal passion is just going out and meeting people and talking to people, that's going to drive you more business into your, into your company, bring you more leads, bring you more sales, et cetera, if that's your passion. But the problem is you're spending so much of your time dealing with customer service, dealing with production, et cetera, kind of other issues, other work that you're not able to get out and go meet those people. And so that's in a lot of ways, it, like I said, it's kind of counterintuitive that, hey, if we can add the structure, if we can define out what does your production role look like, for example, and figure out, okay, exactly what the responsibilities are and be able to hand that off even to a, a part-time person or a contract person, something like that, to help free up your time to then go out and meet more people. One, you have more fun doing that. And then two, it actually gives you that ability to go get more sales. And you can do this in any different way that, hey, if, if you're your expertise, your passion is more in the production side. Okay, let's look at a outsourced uh, sales kind of lead gen process or something like that, that doesn't have to be, it can be baby steps. It doesn't have to be full time. Let's scale the company out with a whole bunch of people that we can't afford. But the idea of taking off one of those hats that you honestly don't enjoy doing and therefore typically are not real productive doing and being able to say, okay, hire somebody even part-time contract, whatever the case may be that fits right there to take on that role or take on pieces of that. So you can focus more on where you're productive and more happy can actually move the, the business faster through because honestly, I, I've been in that same scenario, especially in the early days, kind of a thing. You're just saying, okay, where do we get the, the, the money coming in? And again, counterintuitive, but still a lot. If you can really focus on where you're most productive, then that's what's going to move the business forward the fastest. Now, when you're working with people, do you ever find yourself getting to the point where, you know, your recommendation is, hey, maybe you should just stop doing this? Uh, stop doing how? I guess, which, which way are you going in like, terms of business you know, or in terms of Yeah, role? just like maybe you just shouldn't be in this company anymore doing this type of business. Most of my clients really not, no, because they're still passionate about wanting the business to succeed, wanting it to move forward. And really, if they've gotten to the point, because I, I don't typically work too much at the startup phase. My, my company, my businesses, my clients are typically a little bit beyond that. Like I said, by the time you get to four and five years, in all likelihood, you've got some success. You've got some real, uh, you've got a real product out there. It may not be selling as fast as you want or as much as you want. You may not be able to scale the way you want, but typically that's not an issue with the product or the market at that point. It's, it's more an issue as to, okay, how are we running the business? How, can we, how can we be more productive and therefore take the smaller sales stream that we've got right now and turn around and magnify it? So from trying to counsel somebody to say, okay, yeah, throw in the towel, I, I personally have actually never run into that. And like I said, honestly, I, I think by the time you get to that point, a lot of entrepreneurs will kind of look at it that way and say, hey, I'm burned out. I'm frustrated. This is just not happening the way I want it to. And my counsel at that point is more in a case of, okay, rather than throw away the last four or five years you've got, let's take a look at this and really bring in an outside opinion. Because a lot of times we can't see as entrepreneurs, we can't see stuff that's right in front of us kind of things. It's been just the way we've always done things. But if you can bring in a third party opinion to say, hey, give me another thought on this. Give me another look at what I'm doing kind of here. And, and can you point anything out? A lot of times we can find really even just basic kind of stuff that, okay, if we adjusted this or handed this piece off or put a, a defined process around this such that all your teammates were, were team members were doing things the same way. A lot of times, like I said, we can bring that fund back into the business and help it move forward, kind of help ease that burnout on those, those entrepreneurs. We've been talking a lot about the burnout thing. Um, you know, let's be a little bit more specific. If you had to pick one thing, what would you say is the primary thing that burns people out when they hit that four or five year mark? Really, it turns into, it's almost frustration because a lot of times the the entrepreneur is the visionary. They're, they're the types that just have all these ideas kind of a thing. And in the early days when I had one, two, three, whatever people around me, my core team, we could make adjustments on a, on a moment's notice kind of a thing. Hey, there's a new market opportunity. Let's go immediately go jump on it kind of a thing. Everything was just 
in a lot of ways, honestly, it was fly by the seat of your pants that, okay, we can just, we're, we're really flexible, really agile here. And by the time they've grown to the point of, hey, four or five years into this, we've added new people or else we've tried to add new people and it really didn't work out. And so they really get frustrated that the business almost kind of gets stuck in the mud that, okay, looking back at the, the good old days, we, we used to be super fast, super agile, super fun to work with kind of a thing. And now it just seems like we're in endless meetings. We can't get anything done. Decisions take two and three times longer kind of a thing. If it gets done, if it gets implemented kind of a thing. And it's just the, the whole business just feels like it's stuck in the mud. And when you're that visionary type that you can barely stand to sit through a single meeting, much less three or four kind of a thing. And you just, and you just see your company that we can't move forward. We can't get anything done. That's what just kills their spirit more than anything in the fastest. Mm, yeah, totally makes sense. So uh, let's be good teachers here. Let's give the listeners that uh, either aren't quite at the level to work with you or aren't going to be able to, let's give them something practical that they could do right now today to begin to make a good, you know, good denting creating systems for themselves that'll make, allow them to go back to doing what they love doing. Oh yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And really one of the first keys that I always talk with with clients about is looking at your vision because that's that's where the entrepreneur starts in the first place is they had this idea to bring a new widget or a new software application or a new service, whatever it was to the market. And once you start, especially growing out your team, it's always a question of does the team really understand what that vision is? And a lot of times when I bring a, together a leadership team, and sit, sit them, everybody down in the room and ask them, okay, what is our company vision? You got five people in the room, I'll get six different answers kind of a thing, that they're not on the same page at all. So if you can sit down and articulate what your vision is, and I, when I'm talking about vision, I'm looking at multiple things. It's not just the, the little buzzwords that we put on the, the website of here's our core values of honesty, integrity kind of stuff. That's, that's definitely one part of it, but I'm talking about, okay, what is your 10-year picture? Looking down the road, 10 years, what's the big goal that you want to aim for? And actually communicate that down to the entire organization to say, hey, this is what we're working towards. This is what your job, as you're doing today, is moving towards this big goal. And actually get everybody on the same page with, okay, where are we trying to go in the long term? What's the big vision here? And hopefully that vision is big enough and exciting enough that we can get everybody rallied around it. And then we start bringing that vision back in to say, okay, yeah, that's the 10 year somewhat fuzzy kind of goal out there. It's, it's way on out there. But then I look at it as the adage of how do you eat an elephant? Okay. Now we've got to start bringing that back in. We've got to start putting a, a three year picture, putting a one year plan, actually bring it back down all the way to 90 day goals so that, I, as an employee on the production line or whatever, know that the projects, the things I'm doing right now for the next 90 days are contributing out to that big 10-year vision. And the more you can get that crystal clear for everybody in the organization such that I know personally I belong in your organization, I fit your company values, I'm an integral piece towards reaching your big vision right here, it's not just going to be a, a nine to five punch the clock job for me. It's going to be something I'm excited about. I, I want to come be a part of this mission to go reach whatever new market or whatever you're trying to do over 10 years. And I want to be a part of that. That's going to make so much difference. Just even if, if anything in the morale of your team and getting everybody to kind of congeal together, making sure they're all pulling the same direction. There's still, a lot of other things we look at, but still just getting everybody on that same page is, is somewhat so critical right there because otherwise you're looking at almost like I, I look at a, a tug of war kind of thing where everybody's pulling in a different direction. You're, you're never going to move anywhere. It's, it's you're never going to go anywhere. And that's where a lot of those struggles come in simply because that entrepreneur has their vision, their idea, but it's only in their head. Nobody else knows it, understands it, knows how they fit into it. And just getting that clear can be, make such a big difference. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So for the person who does want to go deeper with you, how would they get in contact with you? 
Sure. Yeah, I've got all sorts, all kinds of resources. The the system that I work with is called EOS. It's it's the Entrepreneurial Operating System by Gino Whitman. And if you want to jump over to my website, it's admentus.com, A-D-M-E-N-T-U-S.com. And there's a resources tab up there that has actually both of Gino's books that talk about the system itself, as well as a almost a fictional kind of account as to how the, the system gets implemented. Both of those are up there on my website. You can read first chapter for free kind of a thing there and several more resources out there. So for the the do-it-yourself type people jump up there on the resources page, a bunch of stuff there. And then if, honestly, if you just got a question, want to know how this works, want to run by a simple problem that you're they're running into or something, your business, just feel free to reach out to me and just ask ASK at admentus.com and I'll be happy to connect and talk through anything you got going on. Well, that's awesome, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for all of your wisdom and insight. And I do hope some people will reach out to you. Thanks for being on the show here today. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Good, good stuff. I hope you were taking notes and that you got a lot out of that as well. We're going to take another commercial break and then we will be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks so much for being here with us on Thriving Entrepreneur today. As we talk about how to enjoy our business got one more amazing guest to be able to bring to you to help you be able to see how you can maybe start one place but go to someplace else how you can find the joy and the passion that is you and live it out as you live as a thriving entrepreneur so without further ado let's jump in to our next guest join me in welcoming lane kawakoa how are you today lane hey thanks for having me steve Appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about who you are and how you show up in the world. Yeah, so currently I own 3,500 rental units, mostly apartments and mobile home parks uh, units. Uh, but it uh, wasn't always the case. Uh, started to invest shortly after graduating college uh, in 2009, buying my first rental property and just kind of plugging away. Um, so that's what I kind of do today. But um, yeah, initially, like a lot of people, I grew up with, uh, you know, hardworking parents who told me to go to school, get a good job, study hard. Apparently, I was good at math and science. So I eventually became an engineer. Um, but I, yeah, didn't didn't really enjoy that, that type of job. So uh, you know, as soon as I found this real estate investing, I saw it as my ticket out of the, uh, the rat race. So if you remember it, tell me about the first time, the first place. Do you remember that one? Yeah, so it was actually, uh, I had bought it, bought to live in originally. So I, you know, I graduated college in 2007. I had a pretty good job. Um, and my biggest thing at the time was I was able to save up a lot of money. Um, I was probably able to save 50 or 70 grand a year. Uh, I ate a lot of ramen noodles, very cheap, uh, very frugal, didn't have my Starbucks um, because I was 
know, kind of led by that financial advice to buy a home that to live in, which I definitely don't really believe in today for financial freedom. But that's what I did. And I bought a home and I was, you know, kind of proud of myself. But I was never home because, you know, my first job as an engineer took me all around the country and I was never home. So I just started to rent it out to uh, just call up an old property manager that, you know, was my property manager back in college and um, just started to collect the checks. Uh, the, the monthly rents were like 2200 a month and my mortgage was 1600 a month. And uh, to a young 20-something-year-old kid, that was a lot of beer money to play around with. And, and that was where I kind of got the idea of I just need to get more sophisticated at this and just keep building. So now after over 3,000 units um, and all of that, if you could go back to that person and give him advice, where would you tell him to start? I would say, you know, just keep plugging away. Keep buying properties that cash flow. Um, I think when most people think of real estate investing, they think of all this house flipping, wholesaling homes, you know, no money down type of stuff. And I, I didn't do any of that. I just saved up my 20% down payment, got a government subsidized Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loan, and just, uh, you know, bought properties as I saved up money. And at the time, it, it was just a slow goal thing. Um, but if I were to look back, that was really what I, uh, I was kind of doing exactly what I should be doing. Um, probably wouldn't have bought um, 11 of those rental properties. Um, back in 2015, I had 11 of them. And that was where I realized it wasn't uh, scalable. It was kind of a pain to actually own the rental properties. And that was where I scaled to more syndication deals as a passive investor. So explain to us in more detail, how does the passive investors, passive investor syndication deals, how do those work? Yeah, so this is more for your higher net worth um, individual um, accredited investors or certainly over half a million dollars net worth. Um, you know, if you're under that, I would really suggest you know, getting your first rental property. You know, there's a lot of turnkey rental um, folks out there that can hook you up with a hundred thousand dollar house that rents for a thousand dollars a month. Um, that's at 1% ratio that we're looking for better. But for a lot of folks that are, you know, they've got a lot of funds, they kind of hit that critical mass point it's probably better to just invest as a passive investor and go into, you know, these syndications, which in a way are kind of, they're just small um, businesses where a general partner will find the deal, operate it, bring all the investors in and manage the deal for them on a small scale. It's not like a big institution or nothing like wall street. It's kind of like a co-op. And when I had my net worth was about half a million dollars and I had 11 rental properties, I got involved in the different masterminds and got around other doctors, lawyers, and engineers and that were you know, 10, 20, 30 years older than myself. And I realized how the, the wealthy invest you know, in this private equity space where they're investing as passive investors in a multitude, you know, dozens of these deals as their portfolio. So for the average middle income kind of a person, um, you don't really work with them anymore. You're more dealing with people with a higher net worth. Is that what I heard you say? Right, right. We'll put together syndication deals, but we're mainly looking for folks of accredited status, um, you know, higher, higher paid working professionals for sure. But, you know, that's how I got started, right? Buying, when I got started out of college, I, my net worth was zero. And I just saved up money to buy one rental property, then two, then three, and then eventually 10, 11 of them. Um, and I think, I think that's the turnoff to a lot of people. This is not a get rich quick thing. This is a get rich surely thing. Um, but you know, for a lot of folks making $60,000, if you can save 10 grand a year, you, know, you can buy that first rental property with a $25,000 down payment in a matter of a few years. And then as you continue to acquire these assets, you just expedite the time to buy the next one and then the next one. And as soon as you know it, you know, in five years, you might have five properties and you're buying a property or two every year. And that's where you hit that hockey stick of exponential growth. 
And so that is, is that your secret to becoming financially free in a decade? That's, that's pretty much the blueprint. Um, of course, when you start to become more of a credit investor, that's where you start to do really the cool stuff. Um, playing around with real estate professional on taxes, um, all these different, you know, a lot of my high-end clients, they, they don't pay very many too much taxes. I mean, they'll pay less tax, like a doctor will pay less taxes than a school teacher. It's, a, it's really unfair, but that's how the tax code is written where you and you invest in real estate, you know, you're getting a lot of passive losses, you know, paper deductions to drive your, your uh, passive gains down. So how can a person who is um, looking at a property, how can they analyze it on Zillow and in no in 10 seconds? Yeah, so one of the biggest things that we look at are you know, are we going to cash flow on a property? We want to make sure that every investment we pick up is going to put more money in our pocket every month. So one of the, the quick and dirty metrics is this thing called the rent to value ratio. So to figure out what the rent to value ratio, you know, if you go hop on Zillow, you look at a property, try and figure out what the monthly rent that it's going to bring in. You're looking for a monthly rent divided by the purchase price of 1% or higher. So for example, you know, a lot of um, you know, my investors will live in Hawaii or California or, or Seattle, you know, a 400, you know, $400,000 property, if you can find it, will rent for $2,000. So 2000 divided by 400,000 is half of a percent. That's just not going to work. <laughs> no bueno, as they say. So we're trying to, we're trying to invest in more secondary and tertiary markets. So not the sexy places to live, but places like Birmingham, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Kansas city, Memphis, and a lot, you know, a lot of parts of Texas where we can hit that 1% rent to value ratio. And for a lot of folks that live out on the coast, East coast and West coast, it's a bit of a culture shock, but most of America lives in solid $100,000 houses that can be rented for $1,000 a month. Gone are the days from when I rented my first place and it was 200 bucks a month. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about how somebody who wants to go deeper with you, how they could work with you. Yeah, I would say, you know, I, I, I started my podcast back in 2016, just as a hobby where a lot of my friends at the time were asking me, you know, at the time I had about 11 rental properties, how are you buying these things in Birmingham and do you even go? And, you know, they just get appalled because I don't really visit the properties. I have professional property management to do all my dirty work for me. And I trust my brokers because I continue to do business with them. Um, you know, how do you build your team? Where do you find the properties? These are all the questions that my friends would ask me. And the frustrating part was none of them would do anything. So what does any other millennial do but record the damn thing so I don't have to repeat it over and over again in my podcast? So a lot of the first 12 podcasts were more tactical. How do you go about buying your first rental property remotely where you can't feel it or touch it? Um, I know a lot of people just can't get over that hump, but you know, if you live in California or any other primary market, you're going to have to invest remotely. Uh, I mean, I live here in Hawaii today. Um, great place to live, but horrible place to invest for cash flow. Um, you know, and that saying is invest or live where you want, but invest where the numbers make sense. So, you know, that I would say that'd be the first stop. Check out my free podcast. And then I have a whole bunch of articles written and how to's and how to do this. And um, yeah, take a look at that and you know, join the investor club. I've got like a little uh, 500 member Facebook group that where I've talked to everybody on the phone. It's not just one of these 100 or 10,000 member groups of just a bunch of people. Um, I kind of keep a close group of folks. So if people are interested in joining that, they can uh, shoot me an email lane at Simple Passive Cashflow or just reach out via the website. And the website is simplepassivecashflow.com? That's correct. Well, Lane, I really appreciate you giving us some insights in um, passive income and some real estate investing today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Steve. I hope that that really inspired you to look at the things that you're now doing in your life and maybe possibly say, hey, 
you know, I know this is what I studied in school. This is what my parents expected of me, what have you. But really, what gives me joy? What brings me hope, help, life, happiness is really doing this thing. And then do that. Do it wholeheartedly. You really need to, especially as a business owner, you really need to enjoy your business. All of us need to find our joy in our business so that we can then also have joy in our life. It is so, 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 so easy to, um, you know, not really pay attention to those inside things in us that are telling us maybe that's not the way to go. Maybe there's a better path for you. Maybe there's something that would be better for you to do in this particular case. It's okay to have fun, to experiment, to look around, to try different things. And then once you've got it, I give you permission today, if you've never had it before, to enjoy your business. How do we enjoy our business? I hope that between these three guests, you've found some ways to take the things like money um, and have a different mindset in them and really begin to see the advantages and the power that is available and possible, even in the things that maybe you often avoid. I hope that also you understand scalability and predictability so that everything isn't always feast and famine, um, unpredictable chaos, but that your business can flow and really be not only what others are looking for, but really powerfully um, something that you can enjoy showing up to every day. And that I hope even also that you will find yourself having pivoted to that thing that really brings you life, health, hope, peace, and joy in your business. That's how, at least some of the ways how, to enjoy our business. And it's important that we do because what you do in the world is so impactful. It's so important. You're such a precious diamond. And the world really, really, really does, really needs you. You are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. That's why the world needs you, to be you, to do the thing that you do so well, to show up, to show out, to really powerfully be you. And in it, enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, have fun all along the way as we not only do that thing that we're meant to do in this world, but as we also enjoy the journey, enjoy our business, enjoy the process, and enjoy finding ourselves living as a thriving entrepreneur. I so want that for you. I want to see you with a big smile on your face, doing the thing that you know you were meant to do in this world, in this life, and feeling complete, whole, and fully fulfilled as you move your way through your day. That's my hope, my want, my wish, and my blessing to you today. As you go out and you kill it, being the best version of yourselves, making the world a better place as you live as a thriving entrepreneur. Until we're together again next time, I hope that you are happy, safe, warm, and loved, and that you have an incredibly amazing and great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. 
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You are-